Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. When two bombs exploded on Boylston Street near the finish line of the Boston Marathon, several injured in the blast lost parts of their limbs. The road to recovery after amputation is a difficult one, physically, psychologically, and emotionally. But thanks to significant advances in technology and treatment, it's also a road that in many cases leads individuals back to fully functioning lives. Today's guest is one of the physical therapists who helps these individuals navigate that road. Ignacio Gennard hasn't treated Boston bombing victims specifically, but he has extensive experience working with another population that has suffered similar injuries, our military's wounded warriors. While at the University of Miami, Ignacio helped to develop the comprehensive high-level activity mobility predictor, or CHAMP for short, a performance assessment instrument that quantifies mobility for service members with traumatic lower limb loss. In this interview, which is the final part of our Beyond Boston series, Ignacio describes what's ahead for individuals looking to move forward after an amputation. Here's our interview with Ignacio Gennard. Ignacio, the Boston Marathon bombing resulted in amputations for more than a dozen victims. Whether we're talking about those victims or about the more than 1,500 Americans who lost an arm or leg in combat in Iraq or Afghanistan, where does the road for recovery begin for those individuals? Well, I would say the road to recovery begins actually immediately following the blast, much like the military where like combat medics provide life-saving care to our service members in theater, and then they're transported to forward surgical teams that you know stabilize them, providing immediate care, and then they're transported to uh, combat medical hospitals. Like our first responders, the firefighters, policemen, medical staff that were there, civilians all rushed to help those that were injured in the blast, helped stabilize them, and then prepared them for transport to the local hospitals and put them in the hands of, of the trauma teams. I think that's where the, the road to recovery begins. And then once they're in the hands of the trauma team, the goal is like to preserve as much of the viable or healthy soft tissue as possible and maintain as much of the length of the limb as possible. Myself and a group of University of Miami and military researchers and physical therapists, you know, we developed an outcome measure called the CHAMP, and we found that CHAMP performance is being able to retain the knee joints. Those are key to be able to utilize those five muscles in order to perform high-level activity, be able to return back to sports and running and jogging. So, uh, being, again, for the surgical team to be able to retain as much of the residual limb length and the knee joints as possible are key. And then also, other than considering the retention of, of length and, and knee joints, you also have to consider that these individuals may have had muscle damage, nerve damage, full fractures to both the amputated limb, to the contralateral, or to their other limb. So they're, they're dealing with those issues as well. And also several other things that they'll be dealing with as well in their road to recovery, as well as if they've lost their limb to a significant blast like they did, and like the chances of them having traumatic brain injury is actually significant as well. I can probably guarantee you that none of those individuals have expected that they'd be in a war zone that day. So they may have experience as well like post-traumatic stress disorder and other conditions as well, like many of them may have hearing loss. So there's several things that, are, that, that they're going to be susceptible to following this horrible incident, and the road to recovery really begins initially, and then from there they, they move forward. Once they 
get through that initial trauma period. At what point do they start that part of the therapy and rehabilitation process too? How can I now move forward and live as functional a life as possible? Where does that then begin? I think it begins immediately. Again, like the, I think the rehab teams were lucky enough that a lot from our occurrences and our experience with the military, because since uh, Operation During Freedom and Operation Iraqi Freedom, we've, we've learned a lot from our military on how to really treat those who have lost limbs. And it's a very similar population, young, athletic individuals that want to return back to their prior level of function. So being able to provide them with both the rehabilitative care as soon as possible and also provide them with the mental health aspect as well, give them counseling, their services out there, organizations called the Amputee Coalition, which are an excellent organization. They actually link up amputees, current amputees with amputees, uh, with past amputees or within the area where they live. They provide peer support to them. So there's an opportunity for them to be able to really discuss what they're going to be expecting the rest of their life with someone who's currently, who's who's gone through it. And as well, several hospitals, I think it's, it's typically standard that hospitals have also amputee support groups. So there's both the rehabilitation component that really to, to improve their function physically and also the, the mental health you know aspect to, to guide them through the process. For someone who has an amputated limb, let's say they're missing part of their leg, at what point would they be fitted for a prosthetic and how does that process work? Well, typically the, the process, they're fit with their initial prostheses, usually between 12 to 16 weeks post-amputation surgery. But that process of like definitive fitting or the fitting with their like with their official prostheses will may take up six months to a year. You know, depending on how long it takes for their their stump or the residual limb to really shrink in size and for the residual limb to also heal appropriately. So it, it's a process. They may go through several fittings of their prostheses throughout that first year in order to really be able to be in a stable volume of the residual limb so that they can finally be fitted with their definitive prostheses. Let's continue the focus on those lower extremity injuries. When you're working with somebody who's adapting to or learning how to use that artificial limb, take me through that process. There's several different components. There's a pre-prosthetic training, which really like you want to be able to focus on maintaining their flexibility of their hip and their knee, because if a lot of them are susceptible to, let's say, like knee flexion or hip flexion contractures, like tightness of the hip and the knee, which will prevent them from being fitted with their prostheses in a timely manner. It'll also impact long-term prosthetic fitting. As well, you want to be able to promote strengthening of the limb, of the amputated limb, as well as the musculature like above the amputated limb, like the hip extensors and the hip abductors. Those are key musculature. The strength of that musculature are actually predictors of mobility with their prostheses. So you want to be able to focus on strengthening those that musculature. Uh, you want to promote movement within their bed and transfers and, and utilizing assistive devices such as crutches. I think it's great the military and the VA have actually implemented Pilates-based exercises to help promote like trunk strengthening and flexibility to prepare the amputee for balancing over their prostheses and promoting postural stability. A lot of these traumatic amputees are susceptible to low back pain. About anywhere from 40 to 60% of them have low back pain. So if you begin early on establishing trunk strengthening and flexibility, that will help decrease long-term low back pain. And also just getting them to really like shift their weight, teach them to shift their weight from side to side. We call it like displacing their center of mass over their amputee limb and their and their intact limb, they can begin that in sitting without their prostheses. And then once, they, once they're fitted with their prostheses, then they can start beginning more standing activities. And after, like, once they're fitted with their prostheses, then that's when fun begins, really. They really begin to, you know, learn to balance all their prostheses, utilize that musculature, their residual limb musculature, in order to stabilize the prostheses, 
they begin gait training or, you know, walking with a prosthesis. The goal does, again, like you want to be able to promote like symmetry of movement. You want to teach them to really utilize that prosthetic foot. Typically, the prosthetic feet that are prescribed are carbon-based energy storing feet. So if you really get them to utilize that prosthetic foot appropriately, they get to spend more time on that foot. They get the energy return of that foot. And it really decreases the amount of time they spend on their other limb, which will end up decreasing future osteoarthritis and degenerative joint disease on the you know, hip, knee, and ankle. And then lastly, you begin to implement more advanced balance and agility trainings, you know, like plyometric activities. They can begin even jogging or running or more sports-specific activities just to get them closer to and back to what they want to do. Even if these individuals don't want to return back to, maybe they weren't runners or they didn't participate in sports, maybe they just want to return back to gardening. Again, you can, you can perform more specific activities in order to simulate those activities they want to return back to. I want to go back to something you just talked about. I think often the focus becomes on the amputated limb itself when we think about it from an outside perspective. So someone lost their left leg. They now need to learn how to use this new artificial left leg. But over the course of your answer, you seem to indicate that as much as anything, your physical therapy may be focused on how to keep them from causing further injury to their healthy limb, which now may be bearing more support, or keep from further injuring their back, which now may have more stress put upon it than it did before. So is the challenge learning to use this new limb, or is it trying to avoid these other injuries that might come as a result of that? I think it's, number one, is adapting to their current situation. And you're right. If the physical therapist can teach them to utilize their prostheses the way it's supposed to be utilized, to really teach them to, if it's their prosthetic knee, be able to teach them to be able to utilize their prosthetic knees appropriately and be able to utilize the prosthetic foot, then enhance, like, being able to teach them to, to weight bear symmetrically between both limbs, then the chances of them having future issues with low back pain, future issues with, with degenerative joint diseases decreases because they'll be functioning symmetrically through both limbs. Talk about the emotional process that somebody like that goes through. Again, they're basically trying to achieve a new normal. What's it like for you to watch them, and what does that emotional experience tend to be for the patient themselves? As a physical therapist, we spend such a significant amount of time with our patients, we really get to see them go through all those stages of grief, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and, and acceptance. And it's and then for each individual, it's different. Some maybe will go through that process very quickly, and others others do not. It's quite remarkable that I, I would say early on, they may get a little bit frustrated throughout the process. Pre-prosthetically, they want to be able to get back to what they're doing. They want to move forward with their lives. And, and it's funny, you, you can see the difference. In the, you know, once they're fitted with their prosthesis, it's like a light bulb. It's like, wow, you know, like I, you see them like beginning to walk again. You see that change, that kind of like breakthrough. We definitely get to see the entire process. And I think these men and women are so inspirational. And they, they are dealing with such adversity. But I think if anything we've learned from our military service members, they have gone well beyond any sort of expectations we've had for their function. And it's the same for civilians. They should expect no, no difference. So how much have things changed, say, in the past 10 years? You know, you talk about going beyond expectations. Is it a matter of becoming more fully functional overall? Is it a matter of doing it quicker than they used to? I think, number one, with this population, we've worked with the military since 2006. We developed an outcome measure called the CHAMP. And the reason why we developed this high-level mobility outcome measure is because all the outcome measures that were currently being utilized to assess the function of amputees, at, like Walter Reed, they were you know, hitting top scores shortly after being fit with their prostheses. So there was like a dilemma, like, okay, well, you know, how can we assess their function throughout the rehabilitation process? How can we determine when they're ready to return back to high-level activity? So we developed this outcome measure with the intention that it will be able to assess when they're ready to return back to high-level activity. And I really feel that these service members have, have shown us that anything is possible.
and I'm confident that those who have, have lost limbs in this in this horrible accident in the Boston Marathon will be able to return back to their prior level of function. Take me through CHAMP just at least briefly and give me a sense of how does that get into those nuances that, say, previous outcome measures didn't. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. This outcome measure assesses agility or mobility in multiple planes of motion. It assesses moving side to side, forward and backwards. And it'll capture the movement in different planes as well as different planes individually. It'll assess movement in multiple planes of motion as well. And all these movements are very similar to what they would perform in a sports field, like being able to run forward, sprinting forward, changing directions, sidestepping to the right, sidestepping to the left, running backwards. Having them be able to go from starting on their belly, standing up, running forward, coming back, weaving through cones. Kind of like how those activities simulate what typical activities that you would perform out in the sports field. CHAMP, I think, is a unique outcome measure because it really assesses their, their potential, their current capability of high-level mobility. What's excellent about this is that we're now trying to transfer this, this outcome measure. Since it's being established with this population of amputees, we want to see if we can use it in a non-amputee population with post-ACL injuries and things like that, or like to assess their current function, or to be able to describe, okay, where are they, where are they currently have any sort of deficits in their movement? Can we improve, if we're able to capture that they have those deficits, can we improve their function with specific exercises? So I think the goal of the CHAMP evolved, and, and the goals are translated to different populations. So related to CHAMP itself, but also your comments about maybe previously the goal was to return individuals to normal, and now it seems that the expectation is to almost return them beyond normal to above average. Is, is that accurate? Yes, significantly. Actually, the, the military in the last 10 years, I would say like prior to 9-11, if someone lost their limb in action, the majority of them would actually retire from service. And now the military has actually opened several avenues within the different branches of the services in order to allow them to return back to active duty. There have actually been a significant number of our service members who actually returned back to Iraq and Afghanistan to theater. And it's 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 amazing to see that they have this. I mean, these are individuals that are so well-trained. They're so intelligent. We have a term called they're tactical athletes. They're elite level athletes. And just because they lost their limb doesn't mean that they can't go back to their prior level function. It doesn't mean they can't go back and, and do what they were trained to do. So it's it's amazing to see many of them actually return back to theater. It's awesome. That kind of shift has been significant. It can really impact not just our civilians who have lost limbs, let's say, in this in this horrible, you know, Boston Marathon incident, but also those firefighters, policemen that have been injured on duty. With the proper training and with the prosthetic technology that's available, they can they have the potential to return back to work, return back to their prior level of function. It's amazing. You mentioned earlier trying to pair people who are at the beginning of the process with somebody who has already maybe been fitted for the prosthetic limb, knows how to use it properly. What's that mentoring process like and how much of an impact have you seen that have? I think it has such a significant impact. Like I say, like the Amputee Coalition and their peer support groups, really, which are nationwide, they provide a service to those amputees who have lost limbs, like to put them in contact with someone who's been through it. As a physical therapist who's not amputee, I can. There's only so much that I know about, you know, living life with amputation. I, I, you know, I, I don't. I know how to return someone back to their prior level function. I can be there to listen to them and, and to help them through the process. But really, it's there's nothing like being able to speak to someone who actually has that and to be able to voice their concerns and to be able to talk about different tips, how to adjust to performing different activities at home, how to adjust to their family life and their work life. And I think it's such an amazing opportunity that, that these amputees have to be able to speak to someone who's gone through it. I think it, it makes a world of a difference. As a physical therapist, you mentioned that for one light bulb moment at least in which someone gets fitted for an artificial limb and now they can be up and around and have that newfound independence that they didn't have for a while. Are there other kind of light bulb moments along the way, or are there other common sort of obstacles in the recovery process, either physical or emotional? 
I would say that there's another light bulb moment which I've seen is when they begin to, for the first time, to jog or to run. That's another light bulb moment that's it's amazing to watch. There's several, like the amputee coalition, like nationwide, they, they do various conferences and as well as they have like different running clinics for amputees. And a lot of times these individuals who go to these conferences, it's the first time they've, they go to this and the first time that they've, that they actually have a chance to learn how to run or jog. And that's a huge, amazing experience to watch. You know, a hundred individuals in a room really learning how to go above and beyond what they, what they thought they could. When you're dealing with somebody who's struggling at a point that they can't seem to get past, they feel like they've plateaued, maybe they're starting to lose hope, what do you tell them? I would say that sometimes it takes a little bit of try to push them just to kind of go through that. As a healthcare professional, you have to realize there are times when you when you can refer someone to a mental health practitioner or even you know someone who's, who does peer support like the Amputee Coalition. You'll realize that individual needs something a little bit more. But for me personally, it's just a matter of like you're improving every day. I think it's it's, it's little baby steps in this process. Being able to get up, being able to do things, so always maintaining a positive attitude, I think is key. And I think it's infectious. They'll pick up on it. How much have you changed as a result of being a physical therapist for Wounded Warriors? My work with veterans and service members, it's, it's, it's been such a privilege to be able to work with this population. I feel like it's, I, I feel like I'm giving back just a little bit and helping. You know, they, they've sacrificed so much for us being able to help them in any way, shape, or form, whether it's just teaching them to, you know, upon their prostheses or being able to walk or returning back to higher level activities. I think it's just such a privilege to be able to work with this population. They're amazing individuals. I'm lucky. I'm very lucky to work with them. Ignacio Gennard, thank you for all you do and thanks for spending time with us. Thank you so much. To listen to all three parts of our Beyond Boston series, go to www.moveforwardpt.com slash radio. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at moveforwardpt.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.